0: Well, the the plan for what we would do tonight has kind of shifted and changed a few times, and I will say that uh, many of you know that I was not feeling well on Sunday, and so I missed the Sunday morning service, and my whole plan for how to preach to the Christmas season was kind of upended, so last week's message is now next week's message, and this Wednesday became somewhat of an anomaly. And um, in preparation for these loosely related Christmas messages that we've been uh, doing. Um, I've obviously been reading the Christmas story and I've noticed you know, we've been taking bits and pieces from the Old Testament and the New Testament to learn doctrines about the Incarnation and what Christmas is all about. As I've read through the Christmas story time and time again, I've started to notice a pervasive theme through the whole story. and it's probably extremely obvious to you, but I will say that only recently did it become obvious to me that there is a central theme to all of the parts of the Christmas story. And you think like, oh, well, there's one part. It was Jesus born in a manger. Well, if you think about it, there's actually a lot more parts of the Christmas story, aren't there? There are three announcements before the birth. There's an announcement after the birth. There's the story of the wise men. There's a story of the shepherds and their proclamation and all of that. It's actually quite a lot. Um, So what I want to do is I want to explore that just for like 20 minutes. I want to read quite a bit of scripture and I want us to stop at the major junctions and note what do you think was the point of that? What do you think was the theological theme of that story? And I think you're going to find, as I have, that there is a common thread that is probably not new to you, but it might be refreshing to see the big picture. Okay, so I think uh, what I would consider to maybe be the first part of the Christmas story, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1. Probably no surprises there. And we are going to read the story of the announcement... To Zacharias, we're not going to read the whole story. We're not going to read the whole of any of these stories. You just do not have time. I wish we did. Now, Zacharias is not being announced about the birth of Christ, right? Whose birth is being announced? This is John the Baptist's birth being announced? But there's kind of, uh, pun intended, a pregnancy to the to the announcement here, in that it implies the imminent coming of the Messiah. Okay, um, so we're going to read. Uh, just a few pieces of this announcement to Zacharias, of course, an angel appears to him, the angel Gabriel actually, appears to him and uh, reveals to him that John the Baptist will be born of his wife Elizabeth, and then Zacharias doesn't believe, and he's struck dumb, okay? So you probably know that. But let's read verse five. "There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, this isn't unimportant, but let's skip down to verse 11 to kind of get to the the meat of this. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of, of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared For the Lord okay out of those verses that we read especially 11 through 17 if you had to pick one that would contain the theme the theological theme of what's being said here what verse would you pick do you think 17 is a really good one I would say 16 is probably a summary of what 17 says at length so I picked 16 but 17 if you want more details is probably the one but verse 16 This is the purpose of this child, okay? John the Baptist, will many of the children of Israel, shall he turn to the Lord their God? So the form of this uh, proclamation of the angel is, okay, I've got good news and great news, okay? Good news is you're going to be a dad. That's good news. Better news. God is not done with his people, that's the main point of this. So it's like Zechariah should have been happy because I'm gonna be a dad. And then more happy when it's clarified, your child will be the promised Elijah who will immediately proclaim the Messiah. God is still, after 400 years of nothing, of silence, radio silence. God is going to fulfill his promise. God is not done with his people. So if I had to assign a theme here, I would say God is faithful to deliver Israel. God's faithfulness meaning he didn't give up, he didn't quit, even when his people were disloyal, God is loyal, okay? And he is loyal in that he is going to deliver Israel. That is pretty much all the information that we're getting here, um, other than some little bits and pieces theologically, that's the main thrust of this message. Okay, now let's go to the next story in the Christmas story, which is just a little bit down your page, probably. It's in Luke 1, verse 31. It is the announcement to Mary, which we talked about at length last Wednesday. If you were here, we talked about um, the annunciation of Christ to Mary and some of the theological themes. So I don't want to go too deep into this because most of you have already heard like a 40-minute explanation of it. Um, but let's read a key part of this Annunciation, Luke 1, verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And we talked about the significance of that name. That the, the Hebrew version of it meaning Yahweh saves, and the Greek version of it just meaning salvation. Okay? But the idea is deliverance, salvation from God. He shall be great, verse 32. It shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. It's a fulfillment of a promise. What, is it, what do we say about God's character when he fulfills promises? That he is faithful, okay? And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Okay, so again, we have a good news, great news situation. Good news, Mary, you're going to be a mom. Also, good news, we're not to the great news yet, good news, Um, your child is going to be the Messiah. Here's the great news. He is going to save God's people. What is the theme of this announcement? God is faithful to deliver Israel. Say, is it all about Israel? Right now it is. Right now it is. Don't worry, there's more clarification coming, even in the Christmas story. But here's the message of the announcement to Mary. God's being faithful. He hasn't given up. He's going to send a deliverer for His people, and right now we're talking about Israel. All right, the next part of the Christmas story, uh, which is uh, the prayer of Mary, the Song of Mary, the Magnificat, or whatever title you want to give to this, um, We're going to look at Luke 1. Okay, here's the thing. Spoiler alert, This Sunday's message is the Magnificat, so we're not going to go into too much detail here either, because if you come back Sunday, I'll talk about every verse and the whole thing. Let's talk about a couple of important verses. We're still in Luke 1, and now we're uh, in verse 54. We're not going to read the whole thing, but this is the, the song of Mary, so this, this announcement has come to Mary, and then Mary goes to see her relative Elizabeth, and we could discuss exactly how they're related. I think Elizabeth is probably her aunt but um, she goes to see her relative Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, uh, you know, John the Baptist jumps in Elizabeth's womb, and everybody's all excited, and, and Mary's excitement about bearing Christ kind of reaches a fever pitch, and she delivers this proclamation, I think, probably best thought of as a song. It's very poetic. And we'll talk about it again on Sunday again, but here's some important verses. Verse 54. Uh, he hath helped or Holpen, helped, we'll say, his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Israel, and to his seed forever. God is going to deliver Israel according to his promises. So what is the theme of the prayer of Mary? God is faithful to deliver Israel that's that's three in a row. <laughs> They're not all the same, but a lot of them are the same. Okay, but notice I italicized uh, "faithful" here because faithfulness is the primary theme of Mary's song. But the faithfulness is definitely pointed partly towards the deliverance of Israel and partly towards God's faithfulness to Mary in particular in this situation. It's both, but we'll say God is faithful to deliver Israel is definitely the theme of the prayer of Mary. Okay, let's look at the next Christmas story, which would be the prophecy of Zacharias. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's see. I got my, yeah, I got my notes mixed up here. Uh, we're we're going to start reading in verse 68. And I want to give you a little context here so you know what's going on. Um, Zecharias did not believe initially the message of the angels, so he struck dumb. And then um, John is born, and he's circumcised, and they're still like, what should we name him? And everybody's like, call him Zacharias after his father. And uh, Elizabeth's like, no, call him John. And they're like, wow, we want to ask Zacharias. Zacharias, write it down. So Zacharias writes it down. He's like, call him John, because that's what the angel <laughs> said. We need to call him. And, uh, and then we get to verse 68 here. Uh, Zechariah's tongue is loosed. He's able to speak again. He's obviously been thinking about this. And he prophesies, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And he hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. What? is the theme of the prophecy of Zacharias, I bet you can guess. Did I already put it up on the screen? Yeah, God is faithful to deliver Israel. And here's a caveat that's added that we haven't gotten yet. Because up till now, it's totally possible that everybody who's been talking has been thinking about uh, deliverance from oppression. But Zacharias' prophecy, and this is a word from God, it is a prophecy, Zechariah's prophecy clarifies that this deliverer is coming to deliver Israel from their sins. And we get two important words that Zechariah uses that will be reused in a couple more passages we'll look at. One of them is redeemed. And you get that in the verses that we just read. You get the word redeem. What does redeem mean? It means to, what's that? Pay the price. Pay the price. To purchase back. Okay, like um, when you redeem a coupon at the store, okay, you're using that coupon and they give you something in return, well, the price of Christ's blood is what purchases us from our sin and our, the penalty of it. It's a price being paid. And then we also, in a verse we didn't read a little bit later in the prophecy of Zacharias, we get another important word, which is the remission of sins. It's like we're being absolved or at this point, God's people being absolved of their sin, being declared righteous. It's a similar idea to justification. The remission of sin is the goal of this deliverer who Zacharias' son would proclaim. Okay. Uh, The ideas of redemption and remission are the keys to Zacharias' prophecy. God is going to buy his people back. He's going to absolve them of their guilt. All right, let's talk about the next one, and I know we've just gone out of chronological order and that's my fault. <clears throat> but the announcement, or no, this is chronolo- chronological order. The announcement to Joseph. Up to this point, Joseph is in the dark apparently. And we don't get this account in Luke at all. We have to go to Matthew. So go to Matthew chapter one. <clears throat> so Joseph finds out that his fiance is pregnant And that doesn't seem right. So he's decided to end their um, betrothal. And something special happens. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord uh, appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, there's a clarification that Joseph got that Mary didn't get, because the reason he was going to be called Jesus is clarified to Joseph, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. We get another proclamation from an angel that's like good news, great news. Good news, your fiance isn't cheating on you. That's like what the angel leads with. Fear not, to take unto thee Mary marry thy wife. Okay? Don't, don't do anything crazy, Joseph. Because, here's the great news, God isn't finished with his people. He is going to save them from their sins. So what is the theme? of the announcement to Joseph, God is faithful to deliver Israel from their sins. That's like five in a row, right? Five Christmas stories in a row that share the same theological theme. Now, if I were to preach each of those, there are a lot more theological things that we could learn from them and a lot more varied applications, but I would say, and I try to go into this with an open mind, each of those chunks of Scripture all share the same theological theme. All right, the next one is the obvious one. We're going back to Luke, Luke chapter two, and you could probably quote this to me. We're gonna talk about the birth of Christ. And we're only gonna read two verses of it just because of time. Uh, uh, Verse six, chapter two, verse six. And so it was that while they were there, obviously there is Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Here's a curveball, because I think that the theological theme of verses one through seven, which is the actual birth of Christ story, is act, I think it's actually about the humility of the deliverer. There's a lot of, almost all of the verbiage is about, like, he's swaddled in, basically, rags, and he, wasn't, he was born in a stable, and, you know, the, they're in this backwater nowhere town, and, like, nothing... It's pretty, it's very humble. I really think that the theme of this, I wasn't going to stretch it. (laughs) This one, I think that the theme of this is the humility of this deliverer. We've heard a lot of wonderful things about him, and then we actually see his birth, and it's very humble. But there's more to the story, um, because the next part of the Christmas story is... Hang on. I don't have one. Oh, wait, 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 I doubled up. There it is. I found it. I copied a slide somehow. All right, the announcement to the shepherds. Okay, there we are. I was like, it's in the same chapter. How could it not be next? All right. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This one also has a different theme, I think, a different theological theme, and that is that this deliverer, who is he? Though he was born lowly. He is in fact divine. He's witnessed by angels. And his purpose is to bring peace with God. Okay, that's, that's the theme of this story. Let's look at the next Christmas story, which is the encounter with Simeon. So this is days later. Um, they go to the temple. Uh, they're going to offer sacrifice um, for Mary's purification. We're not going to get into all that. They encounter this holy man That's how he's described. He's a holy man. His name is Simeon. Um, He's devout. And uh, let's read Luke 2, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. Okay, there we go. There are the terms describing him. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. He is one of the faithful few who actually is looking for God to do what He promised to do. That's pretty cool. Uh, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when, he, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Did you ever have a grandparent ever say to you when you did something really good, did you ever have a grandparent say to you, "Now I can die in peace because i my grandma used to say stuff like that all the time whenever like something made her really happy she'd be like, "Now I can die in peace It's like, grandma you're fine you're in you are in perfect health uh, This is exactly what Simeon says though, which is kind of funny um, he says uh uh now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to light, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I really, really want to include Simeon's story in the Christmas story, not just because Jesus is still a baby, which he is, and because it comes before the visit of the wise men, uh, chronologically, I believe, um, so... I think it should be part of the Christmas story, but also because, guess what? Up to this point, all of the wonderful praising of God has been about what God's going to do for Israel. But Simeon's revelation from God, he's filled with the Holy Ghost, it's a little bit broader than that. Look at this, which thou hast, the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So this salvation, which is brought in Christ, will not only be for Israel, but for all people. So what's the theme? God is faithful to deliver all people. All who would put their faith in Jesus Christ as as the Gospel will clearly teach us. Okay, uh, two more. Two more quick stories and i got to go. Um, the encounter with Anna. We'll talk about this very briefly. Um, right after that story about Simeon, they run into a prophetess named Anna, and um, she prophesies and talks about how uh, the Lord is finally going to deliver those who looked for hope in Jerusalem. And so, what is she saying? What's what's the purpose of her prophecy? God will redeem His people, and we get the word redeem in her prophecy. So. Not deliver, not save, but redeem, which is a similar idea, but I changed the word to reflect accurately what it's about. And then the last story, which you know, is a visit of the wise men. And um, you know the story. The men come from afar. They follow the star. It's probably close to a year after Jesus is born. They arrive. They bring these very expensive gifts. Joseph and Mary are not living in a stable anymore. They live in a house now, by the way. And... uh, like regular people, they were probably only in the stable for like a night or two, but uh, they, they come and they, they uh, bring these expensive gifts, and the whole purpose of this story is that Christ is royal, okay? I really believe that the whole point is to say, this child who is born is the king. That's why Matthew includes it and Luke doesn't, because Matthew is borderline obsessed with the royalty and the kingship of Christ. That's the theme of his whole gospel, so he's sure to include this story. So, let's draw some final conclusions. What is the theme of Christmas? Well, here are some important words that we've seen over and, over and over and over and over again. The loyal love of God. I've been talking a lot about a Hebrew word that means loyal love. What's that word? There we go. <laughs> Repetition is the key to learning. It's so refreshing because, don't tell them I said this, when I taught the teens, if I took a whole semester and talked about a word like that, I could get to the end of the semester and ask them, and they would not know. But you know, so that's good. Um, yeah, chesed, okay? The God's covenant loyal love, okay? Often translated mercy in the, in the King James, which is still a good word for it because it represents the fact that God's love extends to his, uh, his forgiveness of sin. Okay, so the loyal love of God. God didn't let go of his people. He's going to fulfill his promises as part of his character. Okay, another important thing That we've heard over and over and over again is that God is going to deliver, He's going to save. This is what God delights to do, part of His character. He wants to, he wants to renew that relationship, He wants to draw people back to Himself, and uh, that's the purpose of Christ, even in the Christmas story. And then I think, lastly, a theme that we can't ignore in the Christmas story is the majesty of Christ, and every time he's being um, discussed by angels and prophets and everybody, he's being magnified, okay? So we can't overlook that. So here's the point. If you have ever questioned, maybe you've heard people say like, the real purpose of, the real message of Christmas is the cross. You ever heard somebody say that? The real message of Christmas is the cross. Because Christmas is really about salvation. If you ever doubted that, It is definitely what the Bible says, okay? Have you ever thought, well, that's trite, and everybody's just gospelizing everything. No, that is exactly what the Bible says. The the whole purpose of Christmas is about salvation. It's about the fact that we serve a faithful God who is willing and able to save sinners. It's like the whole story. So there you go. Um, So I, I put it in these words. The God who loves his people loyally delivers them through his chosen Savior, Jesus. That is the theme of Christmas.